Hello and welcome to Conversations Unlocked, the Unicredit podcast and your gateway to industry insights. I am your host, Twyla Doon, and together we will hear from leading experts from Unicredit and beyond on how they navigate challenges and their tips to unlocking success. Handing us the keys this week is Fiona Melrose, Head of Strategy and ESG at Unicredit. Fiona started her career at the Bank of England in 1992 in banking supervision. She then moved into bank equity research, where she covered European and global banks for over 20 years, from Execution Noble to RBC. She joined UBS in 2017 as global head of strategy for the investment bank, and in 2019 moved to Grupo Santander in strategy and corporate development. More recently, she has worked at Bankers Without Boundaries on ESG. In May 2021, Fiona was appointed Head of Group Strategy and Optimization at Unicredit, becoming Head of Strategy and ESG in February 22. Fiona is excellently positioned to help us understand why ESG is such a vital part of Unicredit's strategic plan and how keeping it at the centre of all decision-making is crucial for success. Fiona. Welcome to Conversations Unlocked. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast today. Absolute pleasure. It's a real delight to have you here. I think let's start with the basics. Why do you think it's so important for big corporations like Unicredit to have such a focus on ESG? Well, I think ESG is fundamental to us all, but particularly for large corporations and having a focus on ESG means that we're looking to the future and we're building a more sustainable and a more equitable society and being very conscious about our environmental impact. One of the key things that's facing us all today is the energy transition and within ESG that's obviously a key focus particularly for us in terms of our financing and accompanying our clients along their transition journey. The other aspect I think within ESG is there are obviously three letters there and we're very much focused on looking at S as well as E and the social side which I think can often be overlooked and I think is very important for banks given the role that they play in society and in the communities that they operate in and we're very conscious of the interaction between both E and S. And lastly, I think that's also looking at how we measure impact from an ESG point of view is key and making sure that we have the appropriate KPIs and that we're able to monitor and track our progress so that we see how we're progressing towards net zero. It almost seems that we need to separate the three letters and to remember that they all exist as themselves, not just one monolith. So Chairman Padawan said at your shareholders meeting in April that environmental, social and governance considerations are at the centre of all Unicredit's activity. So why is ESG so important to Unicredit specifically? When we launched our Unicredit Unlocked plan in December um, 2021, sustainability and ESG was a key part of our plan. So we have um, firm business targets um, that we can talk about later, where we're looking to grow the business to support the energy transition and to support those companies that are involved in, in the green space. 
we also have the same on, on the social side. So for us, there is a business opportunity from the growth in, in that um, space, but also there is a role for us to play in um, a just and fair transition. So we are accompanying our clients along their pathway. And for many of them, they are undergoing significant change and they require financing to do that. Um, and we're very much there to help them in that journey. And I think also we have a very firm purpose at Unicredit, which is empowering communities to progress. And that in itself is all about sustainability and about helping society and about making a contribution to our communities, both from the way in which we finance, but also the way in which we interact with um, our communities and society. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I can understand how there must be competing agendas constantly for clients and investors. And so how do you keep it on the agenda and fundamental to every decision that you make at Unicredit? One of the key things that we've done is to set three principles. And I think that certainly helps very much to frame our strategy and what this means for everybody and how we view ESG. So that the first one is that we hold ourselves to the highest possible standards and that we do the right thing by our clients and society. The second is that we are totally committed to supporting our clients in a just and fair transition. And the third is that we reflect and respect the views of our stakeholders in our business and our decision making. So when we take those three principles, those are the foundations of our ESG strategy also, more recently, we've elevated the responsibility for ESG to the Group Executive Committee. So that also underlines the importance for all of us. And in terms of the path of embedding it in everything we do, that's partly cultural, it's partly training, but it is very much that we are considering ESG in all of our decisions. It's not a nice to have, it's not an add-on, it's a fundamental part of our business in terms of how we interact with our clients, in terms of our own operations. So our number one aim is also to lead by example. So when we signed net zero, we have a target for our own emissions um, of zero, um, to be at zero by 2030. We've made a lot of progress, but there's still some way to go. So you know, we're trying to be plastic free by the end of 2022. So there's a lot we can do on our own part, um, as well as obviously focusing on what we're financing. Yeah, absolutely. It is keeping it in the forefront of people's minds in, in even just the very small ways, isn't it, that, that you keep it on people's agendas. So when we talk about the social responsibility, what is it and what does it mean to fulfil the social responsibilities? Well, social is broad in terms of what that could mean for different communities and certainly across different geographies. Given we cover 13 geographies, there are different needs um, for society or different issues that they're facing. But for us, what we've been focusing on has, has been um, financial inclusion and also education generally um, and financial literacy, which is obviously linked, and topics such as um, female empowerment. So we try to focus our impact, we try to focus our efforts um, on those areas. We also have a foundation, the Unicredit Foundation, um, which has a range of um, social and humanitarian initiatives. And then in addition to that, we've got um, 
a contribution that we make in terms of scholarships and fellowships and education. Our own social contribution last year was around 36 million euros, for example. It's a, a very impressive list um, of social contributions that Unicredit has. And how do you ensure that these social contributions have an impact and that your ESG strategy measures its impact? Well, on the social side, we also um, have a social finance business or a social impact bank where we are lending, um, for example, microcredit or social housing. And so we're looking very much at the impact that that can have. And generally, over, over the whole space of ESG, we're looking at KPIs and targets to ensure that um, there's an impact. There's obviously an extensive range of ESG targets. Are there a few you could possibly touch on just to give examples so listeners can understand all the different areas in which you have these ESG targets? So for our overall business, last December we gave an overall target for ESG volumes, which is the market norm um, over the next three years. So that's from 2022 to 2024 of 150 billion euros. And that was spread across a range of products. In the first quarter, which is our first quarter relative to the plan, we've done fairly well and we're running ahead of target. So on, for example, environmental lending, um, we were above target at 2.4 billion euros in the first quarter. And on things like investment products, we had a 28 billion um, increase. And then lastly, on social lending, I think it was 1.1 billion of volume in the first quarter. So on track. The only thing that was off track to a slight extent was sustainable bonds, but I think that was partly the market environment and we're on track on a longer term perspective. Obviously you've touched on the social impact side. Do you think that environmental, social and corporate governance all have equal weighting when building policy objectives for the business? I think it's difficult to put a weighting on them because it really depends by country and by subsector. But you know, one example that is often used is in the energy transition, there's obviously very significant implications for certain countries. In Bosnia, for example, electricity is largely produced from um, coal to a larger extent than in some other countries. So with the um, transition, they're likely to be implications on the social front when it's, it's such a significant part of the um, production. Whereas in other countries, say as Austria, they may be in, slight, you know, in very different stages of transition. So I think it can differ, but it, obviously it's very important to look at both. So recently we launched refreshed policies on coal and on oil and gas. And within that, we obviously have to balance E and S. Um, so our policies will mandate a certain you know, strategy and certain areas of operation and how we look at our customers or how we class our customers. But we also have to be mindful, I think, of the social impact of, of some of these um, outcomes. And for such a big bank with, with so many different regions, it's obviously difficult to make sure that every country is at least meeting its targets. How do you ensure that no country gets left behind in the ESG movement? Maybe I would encapsulate it more as maybe not different priorities, but different starting points. Exactly. So yeah. we have to be mindful 
of where they are in the transition path. And certainly when you see things like exit from coal, different countries in our footprint have um, different exit dates. So that is a balancing act um, and is an area where we can support our customers in areas such as green financing, for example, um, so that we, you know, we are there with them um, on the transition. So I think we recognise that there are different speeds, um, but we have to be realistic on, on the trade-offs here. Yeah. It's not one size fits all. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's also a pragmatic approach that, that actually leads then ultimately to the success in the end. And I suppose looking at the success side of things, what would you say are the next key milestones within Unicredit's ESG strategy? We have a very comprehensive ESG roadmap. So this roadmap has 20 different work streams. So there's obviously a lot going on both within the business and at the holding level, given there are various um, regulatory developments over time and certain projects, for example, on, on data. But within that, one of the key projects is net zero, particularly given that we recently signed that commitment. And by April 2023, we will be releasing our initial first targets for a limited number of sectors to be achieved by 2030. And then obviously there are more targets required um, as time passes. So that's a very significant piece of work across the bank in terms of a project that touches all the businesses, risk, ESG, finance, and where we have to have a very joined up strategy where everything is integrated in terms of what this means for our overall business targets, what that means for the direction of travel. And obviously within this, there's a lot of data and baselining and measurements. So net zero is one of the key projects that we're working on. And generally, we have a continued review of our policies. That is something that's a dynamic process and we're adding new sectors or we're reviewing policies. And then the other key area of focus is S. So we have set targets within the business plan for the social lending side. So we have a target of 10 billion of incremental volumes over the next three years within the 150 billion target. And that's a key focus for us, um, growing that business and having a positive social impact with that business in terms of the people that we reach and the beneficiaries. So they are the immediate milestones and they, they seem like an incredible feat to achieve. But what would you say success looks like in the long run? Success for us would be to have ESG fully embedded. And I think we're on that path. By that, I mean that ESG is something that everybody considers in everything they do, which is increasingly the case but in that it is totally integrated into the risk management side, into business practices, into um, the entire accountancy finance side. And we're on that path. And obviously data is the key resource that we require um, on all of our finance emissions or all of our um, uh, clients. And that is part of our journey. But I think success would be to have it totally embedded across the organisation. I think we're making very good progress on that. The other would be um, 
ensuring that we're innovative and we're at the cutting edge on the um, sustainable finance side, that we are accompanying our clients along their transition and that we're doing so um, in a positive and innovative fashion. So there is obviously a lot to be done in that respect over time. Yeah, absolutely. A, a huge amount to be done, but it sounds like it will have an incredible and long-lasting impact. And I think the last element is also on the social side in that we are obviously very much part of the community, at the heart of the community and of people's financial needs. So ensuring that we have a positive impact on society and that we can measure that and we can accompany our clients along their overall journey as well um, and meet the needs of the communities. Thank you so much, Fiona. So this is where we find out what makes you tick and you give us a little insight into your day-to-day life as a union credit leader. (laughs) Please just answer the first thing that comes to you. Ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Great. Breakfast or lunch? Lunch. Excel or PowerPoint? Excel. Remote working or office working? Office working. Sitting or standing desk? Sitting. Sun or snow? Sun. Milan or London? Milan. Yes, me too. Now I've been here. Absolutely. Great. Thank you so much. Okay. And the closing question that we like to ask all of our Unicredit leaders, just as it's such a wonderful opportunity to talk with you. Obviously, Unicredit's mission is to win the right way together. We want to ask all of our guests their top tip for winning so we can start sharing in each other's successes. So, Fiona, as a leading Unicredit expert, what is your key to winning? My key to winning is teamwork. And I think that's certainly very important for us as a bank because when you look at Unicredit, it is a collection of 13 banks in 13 different geographies. So for us to reap the proper synergies and and the benefits of being a group, we really, really need to work together. And that's something that I think is a, is a challenge for everybody um, because we're in, you know, in different geographies and different places. But I think for me, if, if we're to win, I think it requires us to work very much as a team. I think that teamwork is really key and, and what's come from all of the experts that I've talked to is, is that is a really strong element of Unicredit's work and, and how important it is for the bank to succeed. So thank you so much for your time. It has been a real honour to speak to you and, and to go into details about all of the various different ESG policies and targets that you are moving towards within Unicredit. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.